Well, it's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 705 for November 13th, 2021. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. This is Programming by Stealth, installment 129 of X on ES Lit. Now, this installment was pre-recorded, and there's something very unusual about it. Let's go ahead and dig in now. Well, this is actually an episode of Programming by Stealth. However, this is a very special episode because it is for the very first time in, um, how many episodes are we? I forget, uh, that we are actually going to have a guest speaker, a guest tutor, if you will. And this is part of Bart's grand vision that other people will jump in and teach things that he doesn't know yet. So I'm very excited to welcome to the show Helma Vanderlinden, also known as Helma from the Netherlands in the uh, in our chat room and all across everything good from podfeed.com. So welcome to the show, Helma. Oh, welcome, uh, Allison. <laughs> so uh, the uh, thing that we have tricked you into teaching is about linters. And uh, yeah. you you love linters, right? You just love them. They're your favorite thing. Oh, uh, no, I, I don't love them. I mean, they're just my little helper. Um, that's why I like them. Um, <laughs> and, you know, programmers are lazy, so... Uh, any help is appreciated. <laughs> there you go. Well, before we dig in, since people have uh, maybe heard your voice on a, a couple of things on the NoSilicast before, but never on Programming by Stealth, can you give us a quick little bit of background on, on uh, how you know how to be a programmer? Um, I studied uh, computer science, um, and then I went on to do a PhD, but I love programming. So uh, I made sure that in my PhD, I wrote software, and then I moved on to work for a company that produces software for uh, general practitioners, and I did my fair share of programming there as well. So and, I uh, love programming. It's been a fun, that, that's great. So Helma is the person that is really, truly responsible for the, the fact that Taming the Terminal is a book that you can get, download uh, she did all of the background work to automate the process that uh, I, none of us could have done in a million years. So uh, you're you're well embedded in these shows, whether or not you, they've heard your voice before. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> all right, so w- we got to start with the problem to be solved. What is a linter? Why do we need a linter? <clears throat> well, a linter, uh, as the name explains, is um, actually the name comes from the fluff that you find in your dryer. And it's, um, it's a code analyzer that takes out uh, the little bugs and uh, uh, programming um, glitches that you might introduce while writing your code. So um, it's, all, it's, a, it's an old tool to have as a programmer because it was already invented in 1978. Oh, wow. Uh, I did not realize they'd been around that long. I've just heard about them from you recently. Yeah, it's... Um, it's one of the first tools they wrote uh, when back way back in the days when they built um, uh, compilers and such. Okay, so. all right. Well, so why do we need a linter? Um, well, none of us are perfect programmers. What? So, <laughs> so um, we introduce glitches and and little bugs, and uh, we are not very consistent with indenting our code. And um, so all of that uh, can be fixed, but if you have to do it manually, it's um, it's uh, it goes back 
uh, uh, it becomes old very fast. So you don't I, want to. I, do I've that. definitely struggled with that, like just on the indenting thing, where I spent a bunch of time going, okay, does this one match with that one? Does that one match with that one? Try trying yeah. to get things indented correctly, and I'll get them all right, and then I'll add some code and all of a sudden it's all garbage again. And so I find yeah. myself writing beginning of the statement that does this, ending of the statement that does this and leaving myself little notes. So I know that one's supposed to line up with that one. And then I'm still yeah. wrong. Yeah. So a linter can do well, uh, a linter um, and a formatter can do that for you. So okay. um, we will discuss a linter today. Um, but one of the functions of ESLint is also formatting. So it will properly indent your code. And ESLint uh, is the linter we're going to use as an example. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. So, and what else do you need um, a linter for? Um, way back when, uh, Bart talked about a bug in SSL. Uh, in uh, I think it was OpenSSL. Um, and the root cause of the problem was that some programmer forgot the squarely brackets around um, the code that was indented from an if statement. Oh. And if you, if you only use one line of code uh, in an if statement, the brackets are not required. But if you need two lines of code or more, the brackets are required. And they just indented the code and forgot about the brackets. And there you have it. <laughs> Anarchy ensued. Yeah. So, so this that's, is going to help us save ourselves, right, from our own inability yes. to be perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So on the one hand, it can speed things up, like do the uh, the proper indenting for you. And the other side, it can help you uh, nip all those pesky little butts, uh, bugs in the bud. So. Okay. All right. I'm, I'm, I'm buying the uh, problem to be solved. I can see why you like it. Uh, is this going to be nagware? Is this going to be yelling at me all the time? Um, depends <laughs> on how, how neat you write your code. <laughs> Maybe you learn. It's like having the uh, the Catholics uh, nun standing over you with a ruler as you learn to indent cor correctly more often because you're going to get smacked. Yeah. So um, the um, uh, ESLint will put a, a wavy line underneath the code that it, it thinks it's cor incorrect. Okay. So. That's your nun with the ruler. <laughs> okay. You can ignore her or you can uh, act on it. Okay. And um, what we will learn later on is that you can even make it, uh, uh, set your configuration up so that you can have ESLint auto fix all the little problems. Okay. All right. Well, I like that. So, yeah. um, Bart explained that there's, uh, so some of it is, is really bug stuff, but some of it is yeah. simply a style, right? Like, do yeah. you like yeah. two, two spaces, four spaces or tabs, which is where yes. most holy wars start? Yes, yes, yes. You can actually, I had a war like that in, um, in the company where I worked and uh, there were a few uh, programmers that preferred spaces and others preferred tabs mm -hmm. and that's where um and they they couldn't agree they just couldn't agree on what to use finally they settled for a generic code style and a code style is nothing more than a set of rules uh, that define uh, where to put the squiggly brackets 
if you use spaces or taps as indent, whether you use two taps uh, or two spaces or four spaces, um, whether you need the squiggly brackets on the line that with the if statement or one below, well, there are all kinds of little, little um, tweaks and details um, that define how your code will look like. Okay. And so if you, if you create a code style, it makes your code look more, much more consistent and it makes it readable uh, for other people to, to join in. If, if you're making a, an open source project, which, of course, we are going to do with Bard's code, then it's easier if everybody uses the same code style. I asked Bart, uh, well, if we get into one of those holy wars, how are we going to decide? And it was all in text, but I could tell he had a little grin on his face, which meant I have 51% of the vote because it's my project. <laughs> <laughs> I, I inferred that little grin, but I think that's what he meant. I think so too, which means I have to put up with his code style. <laughs> well, well, we'll see. Maybe he'll let us have small victories on some things. We'll we'll see. Okay. Okay. So, um, so what is ESLint? ESLint is one of the linters around, and um, this one is especially for uh, JavaScript or or ECMAScript. That's where the ES stands for. Um, it's written in Node.js, which we learned about last. Uh, well, installment 127. And um, so it's also a matter of eating your own dog food. They use ESLint on their own code. Oh, okay. So, so, so it's JavaScript testing JavaScript? Yes, okay. yes, yes. Uh, it's open source. So you can look at the code. And it's written with a plugin architecture. So people can add plugins for special for a special set of rules. Um, so and each rule, each rule is um, not really a separate plugin, but it's um, uh, it's a set of plugins that have uh, similar rules. Okay. Okay. So then that means you can turn them on and off by adding, yes. getting rid of yes. plugins. Well, okay. You can, yes. You can you can turn each plugin uh, each rule on and off. Uh, all by yourself. Okay. So what I want to do today is um, um, use the code that Bart uh, provided in PBS 127, the uh, Sleeps to Christmas project. Okay. And uh, have a look at that one. And um, so can you install that one or open okay, it? Okay, so or? yeah, so I just made a copy of it. And uh, yeah. I need a terminal open, I think, for this exercise. Yes, you have. So we're going to and start at the command it, line, yeah. like like we've learned. Yep, and then in the in the root of the uh, in the root directory of that project. Uh huh. And um, well, the first thing we were going to do is install uh, ESLint, and you can do that with npm install ESLint dash dash save dash dev. Okay. That ran pretty quickly. Installed ninety-two packages. Yeah, it's, and, and uh -huh. asked for money. Thirteen packages are looking for funding. <laughs> okay, <laughs> good to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, that's that's um, that's um, for me. It's a recent addition. They didn't do that earlier, but okay. 
Um, what it does, uh, other than uh, installing ESLint, is telling you to save it to your package.json, but in the dev dependencies, not in the product dependencies, because your code will not use or need ESLint to run. You, as a developer, need it while developing. Oh, okay. So the the dash dash save dash dev is saying this is is not going to be part of the deliverable code. And I think I think Bart talked about that in PBS one twenty seven. Yeah. So, um, it, but it's it's just so that's why if you in um, if you use the uh, the code later on, and you do a, uh, an npm uh, install, it will not. Um, it will not need the dev dependencies. Okay. Okay. Good. Because you're yeah. not. You don't want to force that on somebody else. No. Okay. True. Um, so what we're going to do now is uh, run ESLint from the command line. Um, so you can have a look at how it, uh, what it does, and what 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 it sees, and etc. So. Um, but first, we need a configuration file. And the configuration file is called .eslintrc uh, with, with or without an extension. ESLint accepts many different formats. So the thing to do is uh, find ESLint in your node uh, underscore modules directory. And um, there is a, a command in the show notes called um, uh, dot slash node module slash dot bin slash eslint. That's just a path to the eslint command. Okay. And then space minus minus in it. Okay. So th that's the standard place that our previous command to uh, npm install eslint, that's where it's going to put it. Yes. Okay. And yeah. so we're basically just saying, I want you to initialize eslint. Yeah. Okay. And then you will get some questions. Okay. Um, and the first one is, um, uh, you can you, you can select the uh, to check syntax, find problems, and enforce code style, which is um, all of it. Okay, so we've got three choices, to check syntax only, Check syntax and find problems. Check syntax, find problems, and enforce a code style. We want to do the last one? We want to do the last one. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now it wants to know what modules does your project use? It uses default JavaScript modules. Okay. So I don't need common JS. I, I just no. JavaScript modules. Okay. Yes. I don't want React. I don't know what React is. I don't know what Vue is. They're uh, popular um, JavaScript frameworks, so you can select none of these. Okay. All right. We aren't doing that. All right. Do we use TypeScript? I don't think so. No. No, you don't use TypeScript. All right. Does my code run in the browser or Node? This code runs in Node, right? Yes. This. So you feel so select powerful. Node. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now it's asking me about style guides. For now, we will use standard. So my choices are popular style guide, answer questions about your style, or inspect your JavaScript files. Oh, you choose the popular one. Okay. Airbnb, and standard, Google, or XO? You said standard? Uh, just use standard, yes. Okay. Wow, it's still going. What format do you want your config file in? JavaScript, Yaml, uh, or JSON? 
I chose JavaScript. Um, Jason would be fine as well. Um, but the show notes are done with JavaScript. Okay. All right. Checking peer dependencies. Would I like to install them with now with NPM? Just select yes. All right. And there it goes. All right. It's almost done and ready. Oh, right. an error occurred while generating your JavaScript config file. Config file I is have a... still generated. Yes. Well, uh, in fact, I had the same error. Okay. And the, the ESLint RCJS file was not generated. So I ran the entire um, init command again, and then it finished without problems. Okay. So we can do it again. All right. Uh, let me do that real quickly. None of these. Does it use TypeScript? No. I'm going to run it in Node. Uh, popular style guide. Standard. JavaScript. Yeah. Okay. Let's yeah. try it again. Yes. Fingers crossed. And it worked. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. I'm glad it, it went wrong for you. That is really interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, um, if you look in the show notes, um, the content of my eslintrc.js file has an env um, section, which says uh, es2021 is true, node is true. It extends standard. It has some parser options, and it has an empty section called rules. Okay, so the extend standards, that's the style guide we chose, was the standard yes. style guide. Okay. Yes. Okay, yeah. and the empty rules thing will become important later, I think. Yes. And that's in our uh, directory right where we are, right? True. Okay. So um, what we are now going to do is uh, let's first make a copy of um, the uh, s2xmax.mjs um, file and to uh, copy it to s2xmax-bart because that's Bart's code style. Okay. And then you um, you can do the, the same eslint uh, command and then just add the file name. Okay, so, so back to that dot, dot slash node module slash bin slash eslint and, and then run and it that, on this command. Okay. Yes. Or on this uh, file. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. And you get a lot of output. Oh, it's full of errors. Did Bart mess up? Yes. Did he do everything wrong? Well, according to the standard code style, he did. Oh. And um, what you see is uh, the first column says line uh, um, and then uh, the characters. Um, so the, the first uh, error is on line one, character 20. And then uh, the second column is uh, it's an error. It can also be warnings, but in this case, it's all an error. The third column says, what's wrong? So in this case, the first one says, strings must be single quote. Oh. And the final column says, this is the rule quotes. So the, the, the name of the rules is the last column. Oh, and you're going to need that later to know what the name of the you rule is. Yes. For example, if you uh, if you think that single uh, that double quotes is much better, you can use the quotes rule uh, and configure it to accept double quotes. 
Okay. All right. And if you look uh, in that last column, you'll see that uh, uh, several of the of the rules uh, uh, appear multiple times. So there is um, a semi, for example, for the extra semicolon. They um, it appears one, two, three, four, five, six times. So there is at least he was consistent. <laughs> uh, so that means he put a semicolon and this this code style doesn't doesn't want you to have yes. that semicolon. It doesn't yes. necessarily mean that's a bug or it's wrong. It's just wrong no. according to this code style. According to this code style, it's wrong. Okay. Yes. So um you can do you what you can do is go into your editor find all the locations that are mentioned in the first um, uh, column and fix all of them yourself. But um, at the bottom, it says 19 errors and zero warnings potentially fixable with the dash dash fix option. So what we can do is uh, run this command again, but add the dash dash fix option after ESLint. That's it. Yeah, and if you, it, it doesn't give you any output again, but if you look in your code editor, um, it removed the uh, the semicolons. Uh, it changed um, all the double quotes to a single quote. And what you can't see is that it changed the tabs to spaces. Oh, okay. But now there's no semicolons in this whole thing. True. And there is actually a debate whether this is uh, correct or not. Uh, if you really want to read about it, um, in the ESLint documentation on, on the rule semi, there's an entire discussion on whether you should use them or not. You I know, prefer I, to use them. I've always been unclear that it seems like they must they mean something. And I remember Bart talking at length about it, and I can never remember whether I'm supposed to or not. So I tend to just sprinkle them freely throughout my code. But every once in a while, I find out, oh, you shouldn't have put it there. So I, I, I would like a set of rules that I will then agree to follow. Well, um, this semi-rule... Uh the semi-rule will, uh, will give you um, uh, at least uh, the correct location where you should use them or shouldn't use them. Oh. There is a, such a thing as automatically automatic semicolon insertion that's done by the JavaScript engine. Mm. Um, and so there is uh, one group of people that says you don't have to add the semicolons because the JavaScript engine will do that for you. And that's where this standard code style is based on. Okay. There is another uh, group that says you can't trust the ASI, the uh, um, automatic, automatic semicolon insertion. Mm. So mm. it's better to put them in where you want to, where you want to have them. So that means you just have to reconfigure your semi-rule in ESLint and you'll get your um you'll get your semicolons. Okay. Okay. So you, you start with a style guide that takes care of most things. And then when you find things yeah. that aren't the way you like them, then you can put in a rule just for, yeah. just for the, for this. Okay. I also noticed yeah. that there's uh, spaces. He tends to write uh, in an if statement, squiggly, else squiggly, 
And now it's squiggly space, else space squiggly. Or I should say squirrely. Yes. Squirrely is my standard phrase. So it's got to, okay. he keeps them cuddled. This now has it, it has some space around it, gives it a little yes. breathing so room. So that's, that's part of the, uh, of the standard code style. Okay. I like that better. I like a little, little, sp I like the space. Me too. <laughs> I like the space too. So, uh, yeah. So this, there is, um, I think the rule is called, Space before, no, not space before block, uh, keyword uh, space. Keyword spacing. Okay. Yes. So expected spaces so, after if. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So um, coming back to our semicolon discussion, uh, what we could do is customize our ESLint configuration by adding the semi rule. And we can say uh, we, we want, to, want it to be an error when it's wrong, and we want always semicolons. So, and how we do that, if you, um, if you open your uh, eslintrc.js file in your code editor, okay, and you go to the rules section and you add um, semi in quotes, um, shouldn't be necessary, but I copied it somewhere. Okay. Um, colon, and then um, uh, between uh, uh, right angle brackets, you put uh, uh, square brackets. Square brackets. Yes. Okay. okay. And then you put error in quotes, comma, always in quotes. All right. Rem I've done it in VI, and I don't remember how to save a file. How do I save it in uh, VI? You you press um, the colon. No, oh, the I'm, colon. I'm in the insert mode, so I need to get out of insert probably. Oh, that's that's that. Yeah, escape. Get, escape. Okay, there you go. And so then wq exclamation point right. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Um. So if did, we rerun after we added that semi uh, rule of error comma always. Does that mean if we ran uh, the fix again, it would put the, the semicolons back? Yes. Yes. You can try it. I'm going to. That sounds fun. Okay. I guess I should have told, asked it first, but now I can look at it, right? Yeah. All right. I, I interrupted you. Uh, were you going to tell me something else? No, no. It's uh, just... Just try it, and um, you're you're ahead of me. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 that's no problem. Uh, um, if if you know what to do, then you're just a good student, right? Or I might have read this, the show notes ahead of time. <laughs> oh, I just yeah, I just catted the file, and now it's got my semicolons back. I feel better. Yeah, yeah. So this is the way you change the defaults of the rules um, when you adhere to a certain code style. So the way we found out what the rule was called was with our uh, just checking it with, with ESLint. And then yeah. you had to go search somewhere for learning how to write the error. Yeah. So uh, ESLint has a great um, uh, documentation website. Uh, it's at eslint.org. And there is a, a user guide and a developer's guide. And the user guide is the one you want. 
The user guide? Uh, okay. Yeah. And then in the user guide at the top, you have a search bar. So if you search there for semicolon, it'll give you an explanation. So I'm going to confess that I did start messing around with ESLint and fumbled my way through some of this on my own, but I just did yeah. searches on the internet and would come up with these things and go, well, I don't know what to type. I'll try this. Um, but yeah. this, is, this is a slightly more robust way of doing it. Yeah. So if you don't know the name of the rule, you just go in there and in the search bar, in the search box, you type semicolon and then it you'll finally end up with the rule semi. And there it gives you a section that explains how the code looks when it's wrong um, and when it's right. Okay. So. Okay. I'm going to interject something Bart said that I thought was interesting. Um, I asked him about what do you do when the code style tells you something different from what you're used to doing? And yeah. I said, do you just override it? Well, if you're going to do that, you might as well write your own code style. And he said, no. He said, yeah. I go read why. And when I read yeah. why, half of the time I go, huh, didn't realize that. And I change the way I do it. The other half I go, well, that's stupid. I disagree and I do it my way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's basically it. And um, well, later on, we will change the code style. And um, um that code style has an extensive website that explains why they chose for that uh, for the, the the certain configuration of the rules. But that's later on in the in the um, in the show notes. Okay. Um, so now that we've done it on the command line, it's uh, quite tedious to do this by hand, especially if if you have more than two or three. JSON files or uh, JavaScript files, so it's easier to have it in your code editor. Oh, right, right, right. Um, let's use VS Code because it's free and everybody can download it and follow along. Okay, and um, it happens to be the one I'm using, which will be handy. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing we have to do is install uh, e the ESLint extension. So uh, hang on, we never initialized a Git repo in um, uh, for this folder in in the, the episode one twenty seven. So just to let people know, you need to get in it on it first. Ah, yeah. Um, I didn't put up anything, any of this in um, in a Git repository, <laughs> simply because you know. Oh, could I just hey. open it without init initting it? Yes. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> okay, I'm. Uh, so I'm. I, I have actually already installed this, but uh, keep going. So you're gonna. We're gonna put a plug in. Yes, it's. Uh, if you go to the extension uh, tab of VS Code and you search for ESLint, it'll be probably at the top. When I installed mine, it had about six, 16, almost 17 million downloads. Wow. Wow. And it's, uh, there is probably a plugin or extension for every uh, code editor uh, around. For ESLint. So, yes. Yes. So uh, it doesn't really matter, yeah, which, which code editor you use. 
Oh, I love their um, logo. It's the squirrely brackets. It says ES Lint, and the, the, the word Lint has squiggly lines under it. <laughs> yes. So, and these squiggly lines, you will see them later on. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, um, once it's in, well, you have to press the button install, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, and after that, we can go to the settings. Um, that's the um, the little gear. The little gear, yes. Okay, extension settings. All right. Yeah. And then uh, in the extensions, there is the um, uh, uh, a list with extensions installed, and one of them is, of course, ESLint. And uh, what I did is I ticked the, the box, always show the ESLint status bar item, which means that you get uh, the word ESLint in your status bar at the bottom right. Oh, okay. And so usually it doesn't really matter uh, because it, but if it doesn't work, it'll start complaining and you'll see uh, a red dot or some else, some notification that ESLint is somehow not working. Not, not functioning so, at all or finding mistakes? Yes. Not, not functioning function at all. Okay. Yeah. All right. So it's just a little so, alert just in case. Yes. Yeah. All right. Um. There are uh, several settings, and um, what I found is that it's very hard to find the one that I wanted very much is make uh, ESLint uh, auto-fix all the problems while saving the, f- uh, the file. So whenever you hit Command-S, it runs? Yes. And um, to speed things up, if you find one of the settings of ESLint and you press the uh, edit in settings JSON, you'll you'll enter the settings file for VS Code. Okay, hang on. Uh, I don't know where you mean. So I see uh, ESLint always shows status as the first one and I've got sections yeah. below that. Yeah, you scroll down and down and down and then s- somewhere it says just install, just edit in settings. Jason. Uh, edit rules customization, edit and settings. Okay. Yeah. yeah. The rules one's got one. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. So this is settings.json. Yeah. And, and as I recall, this is, so if you haven't used VS Code before, what I have guessed is that this is Allison's setting.json. This isn't particular to a project. No. And uh, there are actually, there are two settings.json. Uh, and you can see which one you're changing uh, at the very top. There is a tab bar. One is set to user and one is set to workspace. So if you use the settings.json for user, you will change everything for Allison in all your projects. Okay. If you choose the one in workspace, you will change it only for this project. Okay. Um... I don't know how to find it, make it not be user. You just click the um, the tab bar workspace. Yeah. And then you go back to uh, one of those, uh, 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 to the rules section where it says edit in JSON, uh, in settings.json. Okay. I don't know how to, so there's a bunch of them in here, but they I think they all take me to user settings.json. No, there, there are actually they one the user one takes you to uh, a general uh, 
configuration directory in your root directory of the of your home directory. And the workspace one takes you to a .vs code directory in your project. Sure, but I don't know how to get to that. I don't know how to get to the to the to the non-user one. Um, so at the top of your settings uh, window, you have the breadcrumb. Um, is it a breadcrumb? It says user and it says workspace. Um, now I see a breadcrumb: user, Allison Library, application support, code, user settings, JSON. Mm, let me see what I see. I wonder whether this is that's if uh, well if I'm just looking at the settings uh, I do I have search and think oh 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 there it is I see what you're saying not once I've gone into the wrong settings I want to go in no. at the top it says user and workspace I go to workspace first yes. and yes. then edit in JSON now it's yes. okay now I've got a I've got an empty thing yeah so this is the settings for this particular project okay ah. So, okay. for example, if if you want uh, one project to be uh, using uh, JavaScript and another project using PHP without any JavaScript, you might want to decide that you want ESLint for your JavaScript project and PHP Lint for your PHP project. Oh, okay, okay. I'm glad I messed that up because that that was something <laughs> I definitely did not understand. Okay. Right. So I think that the quickest and easiest way is to just copy the settings that are in the show notes and uh, put them in the settings.json. And it doesn't really matter which one, um, which, okay. which settings.json you use. So these, um, these settings are the ones that you, um, uh, that you wrote originally or that you have the, the environment is ES2021, node is true, extends is standard, and we've, and we've changed the, uh, the semi-error, right? Yes, but you don't put it in there. You put it in your settings.json. Right. You don't put it in. This is, this is a VS Code configuration. So it goes in the settings.json. Okay, so I'm getting all kinds of red lines and it's annoyed with me. Do I put that inside the squiggly brackets that are there, copying directly from? Um, if, if you have an empty um, settings with just squiggly brackets, mm -hmm. you just replace those two empty squiggly brackets with the entire section from the show notes. Okay, I'm still getting, I'm getting, uh, it's annoyed with module.exports. It's got squiggly lines under it and everything is turning red. Uh, expected oh, a JSON minute. object array or literal. Wait a minute. Did you copy the show notes or mm -hmm. did you copy the content of the ESLint file? I copied the show notes. So the, the ones that say, start with workbench.colortheme.default, um, nope. right? No, it starts with module.exports. Oh, that's the content of the ESLint. You need the, um, uh, it's below the, um, the screenshot of the um, extension ah. and then the settings. Oh, okay, okay. This is something completely different. Okay, so explain to me what I'm looking at here. Well, basically, many of these lines are settings that you could set in the user interface of settings. Some I couldn't find, so that's why I added them by hand. But it's it's basically says, the first one says workbench color theme default light, which is... Um, 
I like my code editor to be to have a light theme. Mm-hmm. If you want something else, you just leave that line out. Um, the second, the the next three lines uh, configure ESLint. The first one is always show status, which is that status bar uh, ESLint. Um, okay. The the second one, uh, ESLint format enable means. Um, have ESLint also work as a formatter. So that's the one that indents your code. Oh, so you have to tell it specifically yeah. to do that. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. And the third one says lint task enable, which means perform all the linting tasks on all the files in your project. Why wouldn't you want that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I just... I just added it just to be sure. Okay, um, if, I, if I do that and I've got an HTML file in the project, won't that barf on it since this is JavaScript? Uh, no, because it recognizes that it's the ex- file extension is not something that is uh, compatible with JavaScript. So you it will ign- have an HTML. So it ignores it? Yeah. Or it, or it acts on it? Oh, I really need it in my HTML. <laughs> well, we can talk <laughs> about that for another lesson. Okay. Yes, yes. Um, and the, the last two lines are editor. Uh, so that means uh, this is an editor setting. And the first one says format on save. This means that when you press the uh, command S button, that it starts to automatically format your code. Okay. And um, the second line, code action on save, means um, with a... Um, in the squarely brackets, it says source fix all ESLint, mm-hmm. which means um, when you save your file, auto fix all the ESLint problems that can be fixed. Okay. So I was I was speaking uh, briefly to uh, Klaus Wolf from uh, Germany, and uh, he said one of the things he specifically doesn't do is have it uh, change his code on save. And the reason is because he's very frequently, it, his job is helping people fix small problems in their code. So his responsibility yeah. is only from, you know, line 10 to line 20. You know, he's only caring yeah. about that. And if they have a different style than he has, it drives him crazy to have it changing while he's saving. Because it's not looking like he wants it to. So he keeps it so it doesn't do it on save. And then when he commits, it fixes everything. And that way he never has to look at it. And I thought that was an interesting perspective on why you might do it a different way. Yeah, because me, I'm um, most of my project now are solo projects. And um, I want it to be saved. And I don't want to remember, oh, I have to fix this problem. Mm -hmm. But I once worked as a, as a tutor uh, for um, first year university students where they also had to learn to program. And um, I could also not use any linting, uh, except I didn't know about linting back then, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I couldn't, I, I, I can understand his problem. Yeah. So, yeah. so just, yeah. just good to know the two different reasons why you would yes. say true or false yeah. on that exact thing. Okay, yeah. so now we've we've installed ESLint, we've uh, done some settings on ESLint to tell it. We yeah. set we set our color theme to what uh, what Helma likes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, and uh, I know Bart will hate that. He likes a dark uh, theme, but that doesn't affect how we're going to be linting. That's just what does it look like for True. us. And, with, and so these are very want... personal settings, right? That yes. anybody can choose whatever they want in these, and they're not changing 
anything about the style guide yet? No. Okay. True. All right. So um, um, what we can do now is open um, the, uh, the JavaScript file or the MJS file for Sleeps to Christmas mm -hmm. in VS Code. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, you will, if you open uh, the BART one, so uh, the one, the copy that we made uh, earlier, Right. You will see all kinds of red and uh, squiggly lines or wavy lines or whatever. So there's your wavy line that you saw in the uh, in the icon. Oh, okay. Yeah, the logo. Okay, so yeah, yeah, it's got a squiggly line under moment because he has double quotes, and we know from our uh, command line that it uh, yeah. it would suggest that as a fix. Okay. Yeah. So. What you can do is make a copy of uh, the the BART version mm -hmm. so that you can play with it. And so what uh, I didn't tell you, but you can see, is that VS Code picks up your rule settings uh, from eslint.js. Um, oh, from the fact, because we installed the style guide, the standard style guide, yeah. it's picking those settings up now. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that means you can do it either on the command line or in your code editor. So we we haven't learned how to install the uh, the settings, but I mean, even if you're terrified of the command line, typing in one command that says npm install <laughs> and answering those questions, that was pretty pretty easy. Except for the fact that it yeah. fails the first time and you have to do it twice. But other than that, yeah, I, I have the same problem. I don't know why. So weird. Okay, so yeah. when we were at the command line, we had that nice list. Here's everything that, that Bart style was different than what I was expecting to see. Yeah. We don't have that now. No, um, but you can see it because everything that's uh, red underlined with those wavy lines, those are problems according to your ESLint configuration. So to we the now style have. Guide. The, yes. Okay. Yeah. And. Um, so if you make a copy, we can we can play around to our yes. heart's content. Yes, let's. <laughs> All right, I've got a copy. So if you move your cursor to one of the words with a wavy line under uh, under it, mm -hmm. um, and you click, then you will get a, a little blue balloon-like icon. I, I have, I've tried to zoom in and figure out what it was, but uh, for <laughs> it me, looks it like looks a like a balloon. How do you, yeah. I, I'm not getting the balloon. I see it. Oh, there you go. You have to click to the right of the, of the squiggly line. Okay. Uh, and then when you, um, when you click the balloon, uh, you will get a menu. Yes. And uh, there are all kinds of uh, uh, fixes or disable. So basically, you can fix the problem, or you can disable uh, the rule either for the file or for that particular line. And uh, if you if you go down, you can see um, it becomes more generic. So first, it says fix this problem. Later on, it says fix all of this problem. So everywhere this, this rule was um, triggering. 
-hmm. And then finally, it says fix all auto-fixable problems. And that last command is what you did on the command line with the dash dash fix. Oh, okay. So this has a lot more granularity. Yes, yes. You probably can use uh, all kinds of uh, options on your command line as well to do just this ones or whatever. Um, but I find it much uh, easier in the code editor because you can see what you're doing. Yeah, yeah. So uh, the one that you've selected in the show notes is, uh, it, it says there's an indent problem. So basically he's used a tab this style yeah. guide says two spaces. So I can fix yeah. the indent problem and it would just change this tab to two spaces. Yes. Um, yeah. I could disable uh, or I could fix all indent problems uh, as, as a lower yeah. option. But it looks like I can also, I can see the documentation to explain it. So obviously yeah. the tab versus spaces one, anybody can figure that out. But if yeah. it's an obscure yeah. rule, you could go read the rule of why that why that rule is set that way, yes. or what the implication yeah. of the different yeah. rules are. Yeah. So you it takes you uh, straight to the eslin.org um, website, and you can read more about it. Okay. So show documentation for no tabs. If I hit that, yeah. it's just going to bring it up right to no tabs. Okay. All right. Now, there's, there's another one here uh, that I was interested in. Uh, where was it? Disable no tabs for the entire file. Yeah. So um, if you select that one, um, you get what they call a configuration comment. And because it's for the entire file, um, in, in the show notes, I did it for the uh, space before blocks. Um, which one is, what is, is space before blocks? Is that the, the cuddling around the if statement? It's no, it's the um, the the spaces before um, um, uh, uh, a comment or uh, before uh -huh. well actually a block of code. So it it adds like um, empty lines, and so it doesn't really matter which one you choose in the code um, in the show notes. I chose for space before blocks, but if you use the um, which one did you have? The no tabs? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm trying to find the, the line that you did just because it, it sounded like more fun. Uh, which, uh, what, what's the word you're looking at there? I want to do the one you did, the space before uh, blocks. I, I use the... Um, oh, oh, okay, just like before, uh, he's got slash slash, it's Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, there's, I, I wasn't getting the balloon. I've got it now. Okay. So we go into that. Now, are we going to say, are we going to disable for the entire file? Yes. Okay. And what you see now is there is a comment on line one, and your code is moved to line two, uh, uh, et cetera. And it says ESLIN dash disable space space dash before dash blocks, which means um, disable this rule for this entire file. Okay. So before we did it in the configuration file, but now it's actually in the code for this file. Yeah. So um, later on in the show notes, um, you'll find um, there are three ways of uh, configuring a rule, and it's just a, a matter of scope. So if you put 
um, the rule in your ESLint-RC configuration file, it's um, the configuration uh, is applied to all your files in the entire project. Okay. If you put it, if you put it in a, a configuration comment at the top, like it, yours is now showing on line one, it means it's in this case it's disabled for this entire file, but not for all the other files. Okay. So it really there is, is a configuration comment. It's written as a JavaScript comment, but yes. ESLint knows to go look at those comments that are are yeah. configured just or uh, the syntax yeah, looks like that, and it knows to change it. Yes, it oh, it knows okay. that when the comment starts with the word ESLint, it knows it has to do something. And there is actually a third uh, kind of um, uh, configuration comment. And that's the one you get when you choose the disable for this line or the, um, uh, yeah, for this line. Okay. And what it does, it adds an ESLint configuration. And in the screenshot in the show notes, you'll see it at line eight, where it says ESLint-disable-next-line. And then it says the rule keyword-spacing. Okay, so, so that was the cuddling around the squirrely brackets with else. And you're saying yes. just this one time in just this one file, this next line, yeah. I don't want there to be spaces. True. And huh. if you look, the, 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 the squiggly lines under else are gone. Yeah. Huh. So there are, there are three ways of telling ESLint what to do. And um, usually you, you end up uh, with a code style. Then you can add extra rules to uh, overwrite the default rules from your code style in your rules section. Um, and if you just want to um, overwrite some rules for just one particular file or even one line in a file, you'll use this configuration comments. Okay. It seems weird to do it just in a single file, but I guess there's examples where maybe you have to. Uh, yeah, for example, um, as you like your getters and setters. Oh yeah, I love them. <laughs> Nothing better than that. Yeah, you you can configure ESLint to nag you about J doc, JS doc uh, comments, um, but. If you prefer not to have JS doc comments for getters, but you do want them for all other functions, you could use ESLint to um, to disable the uh, JS doc requirements for just the getters, and you can oh. leave them in for the setters. Oh, that's interesting. Okay, and that would or, be something you would do in a file by file basis. Yeah. Okay. Oh. If, if you look at the uh, the little code samples uh, in the next section, mm -hmm. you'll see um, you can have some JavaScript uh, script code, and then you have your ESLint-disable, um, and then just the rule required-jsdoc, and then I, I added two functions, get variable, which returns my variable, and get other variable, which returns my other variable, and then I said, ESLint uh, dash enable required dash JS doc. So that means 
just for these two functions, I don't want you to nag about missing JS doc, but I, um, uh, I do want you to nag me about missing JS docs for all the rest of my files and, and this file. Okay. Okay. That's, and that's I, really interesting. Okay. That's a, that's a great example of where I could see you would want one versus the other. Yeah. And um, I once used it for, um, you can have ESLint um, uh, nag you about the length of a, of a line. Oh. And, um, and I wanted that line to be, well, it was, it, it, it nagged about more than 80 characters. And my line was 82 characters. <laughs> and I decided I want just that one line. Oh, so okay. I added these uh, ESLint um, uh, uh, configuration comments to just stop nagging me about it. Okay. And, I would, I would have the, spent 10 minutes trying to refactor it to make it be two characters shorter. <laughs> Oh, yeah. no, that, that was impossible because it was already as small as possible. Okay. So anyway, so when I was writing these show notes, I realized the um, required JS doc is actually a deprecated rule in ESLint, and it's deprecated since 2018. JS doc so itself that, is? No, JS doc itself isn't, but the rule to require a JS doc in ESLint is deprecated. Oh, okay. So there is no rule anymore. It's anarchy. Actually, the rule is still there for people to uh, be able to, um, to move to uh, the non-deprecated version. And the non-deprecated version is a plugin. Oh. So what we can do is add the plugin um, to have this required JS doc rule again. And you're going to use this as an example to show us how we can use plugins? Yes. Okay. Yes. So you go back to your terminal mm -hmm. and you do another NPM install. And this time you install ESLint dash plugin dash JS doc. And then again, dash dash save dash dev to add it to your package.json. Okay. And that'll ramble on, I guess. Yeah, you. it finished. Okay. So, so I've, I've installed it. Yeah. So we can go back to uh, the ESLint config file, and you can do that in your code editor. You don't have to do it in the command line. You can do oh. it in the code editor. Oh. Because okay. it's, it's there. It's, um, it's in the root directory of your project. Oh, yeah. That's nicer. Yeah. Oh, but ESLint so, is yelling at it. <laughs> yes, yes, I know. I know. Just ignore it or fix it, whatever okay. you prefer. <laughs> okay. So now you need to add a section uh, called plugins. And that has an array which contains JS doc. And um, the, the, the information is in the show notes. Okay, so, uh, so just plugins JS doc. Can I add that under rules? Yeah. Okay. No, you you add it just uh, you add it at the root level. So you oh. add it above extend extends or above rules, whatever you prefer. Okay. okay. And then we have to tell ESLint there. Now we have told ESLint there is a plugin called JS doc. Now we have to tell ESLint to use it. And 
If you look at the documentation for this plugin, you'll see that they have lots and lots of rules. And if you would like to use them, you could add them to the rules section, but there is a shortcut. And that's an uh, if you add the uh, extend uh, plugin colon jsdoc slash recommended, then it takes sort of a, a jsdoc uh, a recommended uh, configuration of the rules. Okay, I lost you at that turn. I need. What do I need to do? Uh, so I've j I was busy fixing all my indents and and quotes, <laughs> and I might okay. miss something here. So I've now got my ESLint uh, RC.js now has these um, has the plugin JS doc. Yeah, and then you have to tell it uh, either I want all these rules, and the rules is a long list that you can find in the uh, in the documentation. But you can also take a shortcut, and if you look at the show notes, you can extend, just like you did the extend with standard. You can oh. you can add the uh, plugin colon js doc slash recommend. Okay, so you've got you've got commas in places it's not happy with, so I'm gonna I'm gonna obey the rules. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Oh man, I'm going to spend all my time fixing. I I just want to fix. Where's my bubble? Oh no, sparse arrays. Good grief, you're killing me here. Oh, I've got two two commas. All right, now it's happy. All right, so now I've got that plugin installed. As so, using extends where we had extend standard. Now we have extend plugin yep. colon js doc slash recommended. Okay. Yes. So you you now have two uh, uh, entries in your extends array. Okay. You have standard and you have the plugin. Now, before it can um, uh, talk to you uh, or complain about not having JS docs, you need to have a function. So I uh, I did a little bit of refactoring in the um, uh, sleep before Christmas, uh, sleep to Christmas uh, file. Okay. Um, and. I took the four lines between the squiggly brackets of else and added it uh, to a function that I uh, started at line uh, three. So I moved um, I moved the code from line three down and I added a function and mine was called count till Christmas. Okay. And, and in that function, I put the four lines that are in the else uh, section. Okay, the screenshot sort of looks like function count till Christmas is there twice. That's just because well, you're hovering over it to show the yes, uh, yes, comments from yeah. ESLint? Okay. Yeah. So you can see the content of the function still. Okay. Um, okay. So um, to make the, uh, um, uh, the code still work, you now have to, uh, in the else section, you, you can't read it there. But you have to uh, call the uh, call till Christmas function. Okay. Otherwise, it wouldn't do anything anymore. Okay. Right so now, the reason you, you did all that was simply to show you that ESLint can now uh, nag you about missing JS doc comments. I see it. Okay. Okay. Great. I may so or if may you not do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So if you hover over, you, you'll probably see a little wavy line underneath function. Mm -hmm. And 
if you if you click in function, you will probably see the same box that I have in the screenshot. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. So and below it says missing JS doc comment. Right, right. Okay, now I understand what it's doing. Great. Okay, so you and I played around earlier a few weeks ago where yeah. I had um uh, I set up ESLint and I, I I sort of stumbled around into a lot of this on my own. So it's not really, it's not too hard. And I mm -hmm. installed the standard configuration and I got it going. And then I started chatting with you and you said, yeah, standard, uh, I don't know. I don't really agree with a lot of that. I like one called Airbnb as a style yeah. guide better. Yeah. And I'm, and I couldn't figure out how to switch to a different linter. Yeah. Or, so I'm sorry, a different style guide. Yeah. So what we can do now is uh, switch our configuration to the Airbnb style guide. And Airbnb has a very extensive website, that's what I told you earlier about, um, where it not only explains um, what the configuration is for the uh, individual rules, but they also explain why they want it like this. Okay. And, um, so they also talk about the um, automatic semicolon insertion, mm. but they they are in the camp of let's put them in and be specific about it okay, rather so than intentional. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So it so, seems a little bit odd. Airbnb is a place you rent other people's houses. How did they become yeah. one of these big standards that people are all excited about? They, of course, they build a website mm -hmm. where you can rent the house or put your house up for rent. Um, so they have to write a JavaScript and HTML and whatever. And um, they probably have a massive uh, team of programmers. And they simply documented the way they want their style and their code style to be. So it's because they did and a good job of managing their own team that they became one of the de facto standards. I mean, Facebook yes. could have done this, right? I mean, yes. Yes. Apple could have uh, done this, but they, they yeah, just didn't? No, it, it's, well, maybe it's there, but it's not very, very common. And if you look, if you remember when we installed ESLint, one of the popular frameworks was Airbnb and the other one was Google. Okay. So Google also has a code style. I've never looked at the Google code style because uh, years and years ago, I stumbled across uh, Airbnb and I liked it very much. Okay. So, and um, and if you look up, if you look at their website, you'll see many big companies using the Airbnb code style. That's so crazy. We're in good That's company. Crazy. Okay, but it's it's a little more complicated than that. There isn't just one Airbnb style guide. No, there are there are uh, many of them and. Um, some of them are for the uh, JavaScript frameworks like React, and Airbnb probably uses React, um, but we don't. So uh, we're not going to install a full Airbnb uh, style guide, but we are going to install the uh, Airbnb base uh, style guide, which is just basic JavaScript. And Okay, how do we do well, that? Well, um, there is a very long and convoluted way to install it, uh, and there is a shorter one, and the shorter one uses NPX. Um, yes. And NPX is, uh, you've learned about NPM, 
um, npx is basically execute this Node.js package. And, um, and if you don't have it, it will automatically install it. Hmm. So um, if you follow along in the, in the show notes, you'll see npx install dash peer devs um, space dash dash dev space eslint dash config dash Airbnb dash base, which means um, run the command install peer devs. Um, and if you don't have it, just install it. Uh, put it in the uh, put the configuration into the package JSON dev uh, section and install the package ESLint config Airbnb base. So didn't we just put some glop on top of some other glop by doing that? I mean, we still got all the stuff we instanted for installed for standard, but now we've got Airbnb dash base. We have a whole bunch of files that are stepping on each other. Um, no, um, this is the, the beauty of, um, Node.js packages. They, they can, um, uh, they can exist a bit next to each other. And later on, we will replace the standard configuration with the Airbnb configuration. So your, your glob is still there on your hard disk, but your ESLint configuration will not bother about it. Okay, so so it's glop you're not using. It might be waste, yes. but it's it's just yeah. text files probably somewhere. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Is, is there and a way uh, to clean they, that up, or do you just let it go? Well, uh, there is a radical way, and that's uh, just uh, deleting everything in note in the note modules directory, and then do an npm install again. But this because time with Airbnb you, base. Um. Yeah, well, you have to check your package.json because that one tells you which packages are all uh, installed. And okay. if you remove lines from your package.json file, you can remove the standard, uh, the, the ESLint standard package. Okay. And then you reinstall everything without the standard package. But that's there not is what we're going to do. No, there is an npm uninstall, and then you have to figure out which one was the standard package, and then you can do it like that. Okay, which All right. is the opposite of the install, but we we can leave it like that. Okay, the, you're going to suggest I don't worry my pretty little head about it. True. Yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. Okay, so if you uh, execute that npx command, yes, I have. Then it runs a lot of. Uh, packages installation stuff and such, and then it comes back to your command line. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the last thing we need to do is go into the eslint.rc.js uh, ES file again, mm -hmm. and then replace the standard in the extend section with Airbnb-base. Oh, okay. And that's all we do to just go, no, look at that one, not this one. Yes. All right. And then, of course, you can take out that semi-rule in the rules section because Airbnb does that by default. Ah. So you don't need to override it. Okay. I have noticed that it, it uh, changed my um, eslintrc.js file. It's putting, I guess this is a JavaScript, not JSON, but it's putting commas after the last thing in each of the little yeah. arrays. Yeah. 
Yeah. Is that because that's because it's JavaScript, not JSON? Yes. Okay. All right. Cool. Okay. So if you go back to your uh, S to Xmas, uh, X, uh, S to Christmas uh, mm -hmm. file, mm -hmm. you you will now see even if you take the the standard one, uh, what was once a, a, a correct file is now full of squiggly lines <laughs> yeah. because Airbnb has a different code style. Ah. So now, like he's got some tabs, now it's more of a warning. Yeah. And, and it doesn't let me add, uh, I can disable no tabs for this line, but I can't, there's no fix for it. That's interesting. Um, it also doesn't like console lines. It doesn't want you to have console.log. It's going <laughs> to hate my code. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there is... Um... Uh, and if you if you go to the Airbnb uh, website, and the link is in the show notes, um, you can find out why they they don't want you to do that. Mm -hmm. And it probably has to do with uh, you don't want all this kind of uh, debugging code in your code. So maybe it's when you deliver. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, and in this case, because um, uh, you prefer to have your console.log in there, you might decide to overwrite this rule and add the uh, rule for the console to your rules section yeah, so that it won't thank you about it. Yeah, so that's a good case of where maybe I want to do it as a, as a comment at the top, what a configuration comment it's called. Yeah. So maybe I'd want a configuration comment at the top while I'm working. And then before I'm done, I have to delete that and go, okay, where are all my console.logs? That'd be yes. a good way of finding them. That's yeah. kind of cool. I like that. Or no, I'm always going to want this console.log. Yeah. And so then I would disable it by line. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Huh. Okay. This is fun. I, I've been, what I wasn't doing correctly was duplicating Bart's file each time. So now I do duplicate it one more time and, and I can see all the different squigglies. It's like, oh, what is all this? One of the yeah. things I found interesting is sometimes it just throws stuff at the, uh, it'll notice that I hit space, space, space at the end of a line, or there's just yeah. some random tab lying around that yeah. I didn't need to have. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. I like those. So uh, if you now save uh, one of these files, it'll autocorrect to the Airbnb code style. Oh, shoot. I went through, I'm going to make a copy again. <laughs> I want to watch yeah. it do it automatically. Um, yeah. I, I did notice uh, while it's not going to force semicolons on you, it, uh, it does, uh, it does tell you, you know what, you're supposed to have a semicolon here. So okay. it's not forcing yeah. it, but it is telling you. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so if I just open it and then save, it should fix them all. Yeah. Oh, look at that. Huh. I didn't see it do it. Dang it. I got to make a fifth copy. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is getting a little reductive, but uh, let me try it one more time. Oh, it's not showing up. Where is it? Okay. There it is. Okay, that's what's wrong. Okay, so when it first comes up, no, it's fixing it Im immediately. As oh, soon as I bring okay. it in, it's already like it's already put the spaces around the else. 
Oh, okay. Okay, so it's uh, not even letting me do it. Dang it. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but I well, like that. that. Be- yeah, okay. So that that's why I like to have, when you are actually working in your code, you will see that suddenly uh, everything changes. And there are, um, there is a warning because every now and then, but the, the situations are extremely rare, is that you actually want the code to behave as you've written it and not as your code style wants to make it. And it, there is, there are, I've run, run into a situation where that happened. Um, so that means um, once your linter is, is done, uh, you do have to check your code because there might mm. be a very edge case that you that it that it actually uh, changed it for the for the worse rather than for the better. Interesting. You, okay. Hmm. So it's uh, it's just something to to remember, um, but you usually you won't run into it. And um, on the case of um, uh, it's it's best and. You probably noticed that it's best to start with ESLint very early on in your project <laughs> and not when you have hundreds and hundreds of lines of code or hundreds and hundreds of files. Yes. You guys all might be thinking that Helma just sounds like a lovely person, but she, she, she's got a, um, a, a playful part of her where she said, Allison, you should try this ESLint thing. And we threw it onto my time shifter code. And I don't think there was a line that didn't have an error on it and everything was broken. Nothing worked. And I was like, huh, well, that's interesting. That's why you were, that's why you've been punished by being forced to learn ESLint and how yeah. to work with it so that you don't do it to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, but if you start using it very early on and um, having it, uh, uh, having it configured in your code editor is uh, um, makes it so much easier when you yeah. start a new project. It's already there. Yeah, and, I, t- uh, I took that advice to to heart with my new time matter code that I'm working on, and yeah. I've got it there from the beginning. So as I'm doing dumb things, it's going to hey, you don't want to do that. You do it this way. Yeah. So that's yeah. kind of that's kind of cool. Yeah. And um, uh, one other thing, and that's something that I learned from <laughs> the, the, the tug of war from the developers at work. Um, when you have uh, ESLint, uh, rearrange your code and add commas and semicolons and whatever, uh, make a separate commit and commit just those changes. Because if you make a commit, a git commit with these changes uh, along with some code fixes you'll never be able to find the fixes between all the changes that are in there well, so, so we should you, we shouldn't turn on that eslint on save thing because if i do a fundamental code change and i run eslint at the same time when i save they'll be mixed together won't they um usually that if it if it just changes the lines that you were working on, it's no problem. But say if you start over with your time shifter code uh-huh. and uh, you add ESLint to it and you have hundreds and hundreds of lines changed by ESLint, 
make that a separate commit and then go in and before fix you start any editing. Problems. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. So that's it. Wait, now, uh, you had something in here about ignore files. Yes. Um, Git has its Git ignore files. ESLint has also an ESLint ignore file. Um, you could add files to uh, this ignore file and then ESLint leaves them alone. Okay. Uh, for example, you could add the .eslintrc.js file if you don't want ESLint to uh, nag you about the ESLintrc file. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, Helma, this has been fantastic. I um, I know that uh, we we sort of hornswoggled you into it, and uh, it, it, I think you did want to understand it better. And there is no better way than to have to teach it. Uh, yeah. So I, I like that you were able to learn it better and able to teach it to us. But but I really am happy that the rest of the audience is getting to know you through this uh, this session. And I think this was I can't believe you've never done this before because I think this went fantastically. This was this was okay. just great. Okay, well, thank you. All right, well, you know what you have to do? You need to do Bart's uh, sign-off line. Oh, uh, and that was... Until uh, next time. Un until next time, happy computing. After Helma and I finished recording, I went back and started using what I'd learned, and we discovered something we kind of forgot to talk about in the episode. It's very important to understand that ESLint runs before your JavaScript knows what's happening over in your HTML. So if you have scripts to call libraries such as jQuery and Mustache, ESLint doesn't know that they exist, and it will give you immediate errors. You can teach ESLint about these libraries by adding a configuration comment at the top of the file the way Helma taught us. To add jQuery, in your script file, you would put ESLint-env space jQuery, Tad mustache, you would put in global space mustache. I found both of these using a simple search for the library I wanted to use and ESLint configuration comment. Anyway, we just wanted to make sure you knew that last little tidbit before you get started setting up ESLint. If you learn as much from BART each week as I do, I'd like you to go over to let's-talk.ie and press one of the buttons over there to help support him. He does 98% of the work here. I'm just the stooge that listens to him and asks the dumb questions. If you go over to lets-talk.ie, you can support him on Patreon, you can donate via PayPal, or you can use one of his referral links. I really hope you'll go over and help him out. In the meantime, you can contact me at Podfeet or check out all of the shows we do over there over at podfeet.com. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.